This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast. If you've yet to check out premium membership, well, please do as there's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in our directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of our best-selling book, and much, much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now, look, I'm delighted to be speaking with Adam Houlihan, who I kind of think of as, well, I guess he's kind of our resident LinkedIn expert. So, Adam, hello there. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Robert. Wonderful to be with you once again. <laughs> so look, the world of LinkedIn, it does seem that things are changing at LinkedIn as as they are everywhere, of course. So look, what I'd love to do, uh, what I'd love to chat with you about over the next little while is just finding out, you know, what sort of things should we really be thinking about within LinkedIn? Because there does seem to be quite a few changes. So maybe if we could just start off with you giving us a, light, a bit of an overview, what's what, what's what's the world of LinkedIn like at the moment? Yes, thank you. That's that's a great place to start because there has been uh, probably more changes uh, this year than probably over the, the previous uh, three years. So mm. uh, it is really important to kind of update uh, your strategy and, and how you're using the platform. And, and really, the big change is is around uh, is around the type of content that you are sharing on LinkedIn. And um, also to do with the way you engage with people. So they're the, they're the mm. takeaways we're going to get from today. And uh, I guarantee you, if uh, if you uh, take on board the the one big ninja tip I'm going to give you, you're ten times oh. overnight. Really? Gosh, well, that sounds exciting. So look, before we get right into that, so as you say, you know, big changes going on. Um, are they all changes that are, uh, you know, are positive? I mean, do you see do you see things that are going on in there that you think, oh, kind of wish they hadn't done that? Or is it, are they all things that are benefiting or can benefit us? Look, I think it's a mixture of both. There, there's certainly there's certainly some changes that um, we as consumers don't like because they're around monetization. Uh, unless yeah, okay. it, uh, you know, Microsoft paid uh, something like 26 billion US dollars recently for LinkedIn, so they've got to get hmm. that money back somehow. So, uh, right. other than that, um, personally, I think most of the changes are very, very positive and, and beneficial as long as you adapt to the changes and and uh, you know work with what what's the what's now the new norm. 
Yeah, okay. So look, let's, I guess we should assume that that um, most people listening or people that have, you know, are, are reasonably active already within LinkedIn have a profile set up. Hopefully, might have listened to the last podcast that we did, or have gone through your um, nice course that you offer people for free that kind of gets them set up. So let's assume we've kind of got the basics there. But maybe we're not hugely active, you know, and kind of not not in there every day, not necessarily in there every week. Where sh- where should we start, Adam, to kind of rev things up a bit? Well, the first place to start, if that was the case, would be to be a little bit more active. Uh, yeah, okay. Probably probably at least jump in there every week. Um, hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be every single day, of course, but uh, it's one of those platforms you get out what you put in. So uh, you know, being active is, is definitely the, the, the number one sort of start. As you said, assuming that you've got your profile sort of um, well presented and uh, from there it's, it's really about you know how you how you show up and how you engage with people and like we've we've sort of already touched on is is the type of content that you start to share yeah so look just let me just pick you up on that first bit you know you say about jumping in there and being active what does that mean that's not just accepting new contacts or wishing people a happy birthday presumably i mean what 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 do you mean by being active what should we be doing as a kind of bare minimum uh we, good it's a good point it's uh what i would call active is to be at least reaching out and connecting with uh a few people every week uh of course as you said uh accepting uh, outstanding connection requests. Though I would preface that uh, you, you do need to be strategic around that. You shouldn't just accept mm-hmm. anybody for the sake of uh, you know, just the fact that they've sent you a connection request. There needs to be some form of congruence or alignment. As an example, if uh, if your entire um, target market, the, the only place you play is, is say, in Australia, then uh, generally speaking, there's not going to be a great deal of value in uh, connecting with people from uh, other countries unless they might Mm. be kind of like an alliance partner or of some description. Yeah, look, I mean, I must say I I do struggle with that. You know, I get quite a few connection requests and I – I find it quite difficult being able to determine should I or shouldn't I. You know, if I look at, um, you know, if I look at look at an individual, you can kind of get so much from their sort of profile, but you may not know what the reason for them wanting to connect is. So what do you do in that situation where you're kind of, you're just not sure? Uh, well, look, always uh, keep in mind that uh, just because you accept someone doesn't mean you can't also remove them. <clears throat> If they do turn out to be undesirable, let's use as a word, uh, for whatever Mm. reason, then you certainly, uh, and I I literally did it this morning, um, uh, you know, just remove that person as as a connection. But uh, as a, I I would err on the conservative and if you're not sure, just accept it anyway uh, and Mm. then, you know, see what transpires from there. But uh, one really good way uh, to, and this is what I do, to actually look at how active they are. So if that person, you know, by, you know, when you get the connection request, you can link off to have a look at their profile. Yep. In the activity uh, section, if they're, if they're not engaging with people, they're not commenting or sharing any content, then you've got to be sort of wondering, uh, you know, what would the value of this What's person be? So that's my mm. litmus test is, um, you know, that they're at least, um, you know, I'm not saying they have to be 
active every single day or anything like that, but that at least they are, you know, sort of making some sort of a, an effort at, at engaging or sharing sharing good quality content or um, at least commenting on other people's content, that type of thing. Yeah. So, so do you, is, is your uh, kind of position is, do you have a, a degree of suspicion when anyone new is trying to connect? I mean, is that, are you kind of coming from the mindset of, well, you kind of need to prove to me. Is that where you come from? I mean, I guess you're a bit unusual in that, you know, here you are as a, a major player in the whole kind of LinkedIn space in Australia. So you, 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 I, I dread to think how many requests you get. But is that, is that how you view it a bit these days, that, that there was a little bit of suspicion? Uh, I'll probably point out it's uh, how I would do that would not necessarily be how I would recommend everyone else do it. Mm. And the, the reason for that is simply that I'm actually at the maximum 30,000 connections. You cannot have more than 30,000. Right. So I'm brutal on, uh, right. on uh, you know, whether I accept or not. So so I do uh, go through regularly and um, uh, remove a few connections that I've, I've accepted over the years that, that mm. don't seem to be the right fit. So I've always got, you know, I'm, I can always accept a few hundred. Um, right. But because I'm right up, you know, I'm always in that 29,600 plus range. Gosh. Um, so... I'm not going to say don't do as I do, don't do as I say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so if, if, for example, you weren't in that situation, then I, I wouldn't say I approach it with a degree of scepticism. Uh, however, I just do have these filters that, uh, yes. that I use. The, the two key ones are, as we just said, are they active? Uh, yeah. should, sorry, I should say three. Are they active? Are they in the right market uh, that you know that we play in and the third one is do they personalize the connection request and I have to say it yeah, really okay. is one of my real pet hates I'm sure we probably talked about it last time but mm-hmm. um, to give you an example I, I'm writing a, uh, an article quite soon uh, for LinkedIn and so I did a, um, a little test where I didn't accept any connection requests for a few days and uh, it built up to 137 connection, outstanding connection requests, and only two out of that 137 even bothered to put any form of, um, you know, reason why they wanted to connect. So, hence, it was easy to, you know, wipe out most of those. Okay, so what you're talking about there is when somebody kind of hits the um, the connect button, they're actually they are personalising the kind of pre-filled in little note that LinkedIn has, showing that showing you that they've actually considered you and and have a reason to connect. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, look as you as you say with you, you know, you with you up there with uh, thirty thousand odd contacts. It's probably not the norm for for certainly for a lot of our listeners. So we'll we'll bear that in mind. So let, let's move on a little. So I, I probably stayed on there a, a little a little long, but let's look at it the other way round then, where you are, you know, as an individual, not you, but where where let's say I want to connect with somebody. And obviously, the the way I should do that is on the basis that I need to have a reason for wanting to connect with that person. What you've said just there is I need to personalize my kind of message, which would would just kind of confirm again what my reason for connection is. But do you find that most people, when they're reaching out to connect, are doing it with um, a kind of ongoing strategy or are some people literally just in a kind of numbers game. I mean, what's your observation of that? Yeah, we, we kind of classify 
basically everybody that's on LinkedIn um, in, into four categories. And uh, at the at the lowest of those four categories is that you just exist. You, you actually have a right. presence. You have a profile. You don't really strategically connect with people. You're not really you know, have any form of uh, content that you're sharing. Uh, that type of thing. Uh, not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just kind of the, the base starting point. Yep. Uh, above that, and and I I kind of say say this with uh, a heavy heart that above that are the spammers. Yep. Why I say they're above that level is just literally they are actually getting a result. Uh, mm. Albeit they're the one percenters that they'll annoy a hundred people to get one sale. Um, they do live just slightly above the people who exist above that, yes. where the okay. majority of us want to uh, try and be, which is what we call uh, tolerated. You know, that whilst that doesn't sound too flattering, um, it's it's actually not as bad as it sounds. Uh, it just means that um, you, you're probably not using it perfectly, but you're, you're actually getting results. You, you're probably making a, uh, some really good connections. Uh, you're probably making a few sales uh, and you're, you're enjoying and getting value out of your, your time on LinkedIn. And of course, the fourth level above that is uh, what we call influencers. Um, mm. That's the uh, obviously that's the holy grail, uh, and that's basically the premise of the programs we run is to help people go from that existing up to uh, influencer status uh, in a reasonably short period of time. But they're the four levels. It's so you kind of just can self um, evaluate where you sit in that um, in that uh, pyramid, so to speak. And what I would say is you really want to be trying to be at least in that third tier, which is, is tolerated. Yeah, okay. Interesting. So um, with is there any um, fear, like the, the influencer is, is, you know, seems to me to be kind of the, the word of the year probably last year. Uh, maybe the year before, you know, it's 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 influencer marketing is is a term that you know we're all we've kind of come to terms with. Is it is it kind of getting to a point though where being positioning yourself as an influencer is there any danger that that by doing that you're becoming a bit of an annoyance? I mean, I, how do you see that? I mean, I see anyone that's going around saying I'm an influencer. That's kind of that's a bit of a, a red flag to me, and I worry about that. But what's what's your thought? I, I, I'm imagining you probably don't agree. Uh, no, I, I don't wholeheartedly disagree or agree. But um, <laughs> I, what I would say is you need to separate the the. The, the terms from the influencer marketing, yes, it is kind of the buzzword of the in the last couple of years. Mm. However, that's where a company might come to an influencer and um, pay them to endorse what they, you know, what it is sure. they want to do. What I'm talking about is where you are, you position yourself as an influencer. You're not necessarily going out trying to get companies to pay you to do endorsement deals. You're mm. just showing up as a highly valued in your industry, uh, you're you're known as someone who uh, is you know uh, an influencer in a specific industry or you know on a specific topic, and you're not necessarily trying to say that you're an influencer. It's just a, a term we use to say that you're you're highly credible in in a specific niche, and um, you know you're you're well known in that niche for your expertise. 
yeah, okay. So you're kind of a, an acknowledged leader with a with a speciality. So you're you're increasingly into the space of being a trusted person, where others will come to because of the you know the the, the particular skill set that you've got. So, okay. So I get that that as you say, the tolerated one is the one that doesn't sound terribly sexy, which is probably where a lot of people sit. And what we need to do, though, is nudge more into the influencer position. And you, you said that there's some particular things that we absolutely should be doing. And then I think you said you've got one kind of lightning tip. So where do you want to take us next? Let's, let's start with the – I call it a ninja tip. A lightning tip's just as good. Uh. Uh, but it, it really is the game changer. Uh, and it will be the one that's tripping up probably 80% of people who will be listening today uh, and they're just not aware of it and they can actually you know, make a big change to their strategy overnight and uh, you know, get a great result. And that is that the high majority of, I'll say us, I don't do it of course, but because I'm right. aware of it, uh, is that we share content on uh, on LinkedIn that links to, uh, say, a blog post or yep. uh, it might link off to an article on Flying Solo. Yep. Now, it could be the best article in the world. It could be highly valuable to your market. But as soon as you link away from the platform, meaning LinkedIn, LinkedIn immediately uh, positions your content as spam. And oh, that right? doesn't necessarily mean it is spam. It just puts it in the same bucket as what they put all the spam content in. Uh, and you basically, your content becomes practically invisible. It's, a, it's kind of like um, the best way to describe it would be if you're aware of what the shadow ban is on Instagram. It's mm. kind of the same concept where they, they allow you to post it. They just make sure nobody sees it. Gosh. So, okay. So, so do, does this, Adam, does this impact, you know, I'm thinking of blogs that automatically sort of send um, a teaser or a snippet of the blog post to LinkedIn. Does, is, is that, that presumably is having the same effect, is it? Absolutely, yep. Wow. Um, if, you, if you're on a blog article and it gives you the link to share that on LinkedIn, of course the, the, the person who owns the blog's not going to stop you from doing it. It doesn't affect them in any way. Mm. It, um, it affects you and your uh, position on LinkedIn because if you uh, – and what a lot of us do uh, is, of course, use uh, scheduling platforms like uh, Buffer or Hootsuite or MeetEgger or any one of the, the many yeah. that are around to just curate content out to all of our platforms. And if you're doing that, then at a point LinkedIn will look at that and go – Let's not even bother uh, checking your content anymore. Just everything you post is straight to spam. And wow. uh, you have a what is we call a content suspension uh, in place on your account and you're not even aware of it. Gosh, okay. Well, I, I've got everything crossed that you're going to give us a solution to this. <laughs> yes, so, uh, they are a benevolent jailer. Uh, right. So if, if you do the right thing uh, for about 30 days, now, there's no magic number. Well, just what we found with some of the clients we work with who are in that content, have been in that content suspension, uh, it seems to get lifted after about 30 days if you either uh, just stop posting link-based content altogether or convert over to doing the right thing, which is what they want you to do, which is keep the conversation on LinkedIn. So your content should, um, should only be text-based text-based with an image that is specific to the, the content or native video. They're the only three forms of content that you can really share. Really? No, so not a podcast player? That's not feasible? 
Well, there is a workaround there, uh, which is to um, like if you uh, look at any of my content, there'll often be some. To, in fact, um, I shared one today where I'll I'll write uh, a description about the you know where the link's going to go, and then the last line, the call to action says, "See link in first comment below." And so then I post the link as a comment and the bots, of course, are looking at the, the status post itself, not at the comments. Uh, and that's the only workaround if you really, really have to share um, you know, a link to a podcast or anything else. Wow. So are, are you actually saying, I, I just this, is, um, this, this has come as something of a surprise to me, certainly. So are you saying that with, let's imagine we're posting, say, a 500-word article on LinkedIn, if that article has links within it, that presumably is not damaging. It's more that if it's a tiny snippet and that's saying, if you want to read the full thing, go over here. Is, is that right? How, and, and in which case, how does how is LinkedIn distinguishing? Uh, what we're talking about is so there's pulse articles and there's status posts. Right. Uh, basically, and again, the, one of the big changes from last year was LinkedIn was putting all of its um, uh, effort behind Pulse articles, which are long-form articles. You could be, you know, my long-form, that what I would post would be around the, the sort of 1,500-word mark. Right. Uh, a status update is kind of like your news feed on, say, Facebook. Um, so these are short. Uh, they're 1,300-character maximum. You cannot literally use more than 1300 characters uh, that's characters not words so um, that would be roughly 200 words so these right. are very short um, and they're, they're like your news feed so they're you know they're rolling through people's um, uh, you know when you search on LinkedIn and you see some sort of a, a post and you might or might not look at it that's that's what we're talking about is those short form ones doesn't matter whether you use the full 1300 or it's a short snippet like you said uh, the, the key thing that the the bots, they're actually looking for three things, uh, which is if um, you're using any form of profanity, um, any form of religious view, or that there's a link in the, uh, in the, in the article. And when I say article, I mean in the status post itself. Any, yep. any one of those three things, you're straight to the spam straight away. Wow. Okay, but so the the longer form piece, as you said in in uh, in your case, there the fifteen hundred words or thereabouts. There's no issue there with you putting links to bits of research or other detail. That's not a problem at all. At this point, no. Uh, however, LinkedIn is openly saying we're not prom- we're not promoting that type of content anymore. So you can post it. Uh, they won't uh, punish it like they do the status posts. However, they don't really give it preference in, in people's feeds. So it's kind of you know, getting a, a much it's lower Yeah, okay. Anyway. All right. So just to, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm slow, so I just want to make sure I've got this. So to be really clear, what we need to be doing is what LinkedIn's trying to make us do anyway is, is keep all the conversation, all the action on LinkedIn. So if we're writing articles, they need to sit there, we need to try and generate commentary there, and we need to move away from linking people off to our blogs and our websites. You've got it perfectly. Mm, wow. Okay. So when you've, you're working with a number of your clients and you've transitioned them from you know where they were to where they need to be, and do you see a, a major transformation? And if so, how does that kind of show up? How does that manifest? 
uh, we're definitely seeing a major transformation. And of course, we you know we track the content for, and we rank it on um, on four criteria, which is uh, the number of profile views, the v- number of views that the content gets, uh, the number of likes, the number of comments, and the number of shares. So essentially, it's um, you know, the likes, comments, and shares are easy to, to, to kind of track. The, the number of views will still be relevant to the size and quality of your network. So this hence why you should be still you know, increasing your network as you go. Yep. Um, very. Yeah, so someone say uh, there's, no, there's no right or wrong, but let's say you had, say, 5,000 or less connections. A good result would be if your article got, say, two to three thousand views. That that would be quite good, mm. um, uh, as opposed to myself, who at thirty thousand connections, then you would expect that number to be higher. For me personally, a okay result would be ten to twenty thousand views per per article. Anything less than that would be, oh, no, that didn't go so well. However, you wouldn't consider that to be a fail if you were, you know, at, at say that five thousand or less. Yeah, sure. Okay, so just just again, just to be really clear here, then if 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 anybody is using kind of automated, you mentioned Hootsuite and others systems that are just kind of sending a little bit of a, a teaser out. Should we? Are you saying stop doing that? You need to absolutely stop doing that as of today. Uh, and if you have been doing that, you can guarantee that you're you're probably in a content suspension. And the way to get out of that is to basically just do nothing. Don't post anything for 30 days or post the proper type of content, which is, you know, keeping people right. on LinkedIn. So basically you're standing in the corner as far as LinkedIn's concerned and you better start behaving or else they won't let you back in the room. That's exactly right. When they see that you've been a good boy for or girl for 30 days, they'll, they'll let you come back and join the class. Gosh, okay. Well, as you say, a ninja tip that uh, I'm sure is going to make a, a major transformation for people. So just what, again, is your observation? If you look at, and clearly you've got, you know, you spend a lot of your day, I'm sure, on or around LinkedIn, you've got a lot of contacts. So what percentage of people do you think roughly within the whole kind of, Google, uh, sorry, LinkedIn kind of, um, sphere. How many are sitting in the tolerated space? Is that where the bulk of people sit? Well, interesting, uh, uh, interesting question. I, I'll give you the kind of the, the rundown we use on that. So, if you're working from the bottom up, so in that um, that lower level of existing, there's 550 million people on on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, in that next level up of of spammers. There's just too many. One's too many. It doesn't matter what the, you know, there's, there's no sort of known number of, of you know, who they are. However, when we move up to that tolerated level, which is, as we said, is, is kind of where you want to sit, there's about 1 million out of 550 million is currently sitting there. And if you go up to the influencer level, uh, of that 1 million, uh, there's, there's probably only about 100,000 worldwide that would sit in that top level. So hence why if you can get up into that that tolerated level, you're immediately in the top 1 million, which might sound a lot, but 1 million or, or you know, a crowded hmm. space, but 1 million out of 550 million is actually a good place to be. Absolutely. So the the people that exist have literally just sort of dumped a profile in there, maybe if we're lucky, stuck a photograph on and that's it, left it alone. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
This is fascinating. All right. So what's your what's your kind of outlook for for LinkedIn? You know, you've built clearly a great deal of your business around LinkedIn. So what do, how do you see the future? Have you, as you say, you know, Microsoft spent a lot of money for it. They're, we're seeing them trying to sell us things. There's, you know, with their purchase of the um, training company there, we're, we're seeing lots of courses coming up. How do you see the future? Look, I, as you say, you know, we, we run our entire business around LinkedIn. Uh, but that aside, I, I honestly believe that, it, you know, it is, there's never been a time like now uh, to really uh, have a, uh, a marketing strategy that is not overdone and oversold like probably 99% of things you've seen before. Mm. Uh, however, of course, you, you do have to, as I said, you get out what you put in and you have to at least be up in that, that tolerated level. You have to be showing up every week. You have to be you know, connecting strategically and you have to be sharing content you know, on a regular basis. What we would call the ideal content uh, strategy is uh, 12 articles per month, four of those to be native video, uh, and uh, two of those to have um, uh, images in the in the text, uh, and what we call a four one one strategy, which means of every four uh, sorry of every six posts, four of them are just high value, interesting on you know for your ideal market. One's about your industry, and one's about yourself. Gosh. That's the that's the holy grail. Uh, now, yeah, of course, okay. you don't start there. You start start with one. Just just start with one good post a mm. month. Work your way up. But, uh, Do you still see that um, with? And again, I know that uh, a lot of the people that you deal with are. I guess people we might um, summarize as independent professionals, so people that are selling their services, consulting in in some shape or form in many cases. Do you still kind of or do you observe that a lot of that group are are spreading themselves too thinly across social media? Should we – do you – I mean, how often do you find yourself – kind of almost saying to somebody just stop what you're doing over there and concentrate over here is that something that you observe a lot of uh, absolutely the I think the uh, yeah the days of um, being present everywhere on social media for the sake of being there uh, mm. I think those days are gone and and thankfully um, really what's the point of being on Twitter if you're ideal market doesn't doesn't use Twitter. It's just mm. silly. Uh, so, yes, I believe, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, but I believe that any business should really only be uh, active on two to three uh, social platforms maximum. Mm. Uh, and, of course, by being active on those two or three that you are showing up and being, you know, highly valued on those platforms, LinkedIn, of course, will pretty much always be one of those but depending on what your business is you know instagram might be a good one facebook might be a good one although although we know you know facebook is a, a pay to play 100 there's nothing you can do on facebook without you know a budget so mm. uh, so yeah really i really believe it's the you know we're in this um age of um connection and engagement and far better to be uh, quality over quantity as far as how yeah. many places you're showing up Sure. Okay. And look, um, I, I've got a, uh, I'm going to kind of nudge us towards the close here, but I, I'd love to understand a little bit more about the value that you attach on LinkedIn groups. You know, obviously with LinkedIn groups, we can, you know, these are sort of small clusters of special interest 
uh, that we can join or that we can start even. How important do you feel activity within LinkedIn groups is to, you know, the, the kind of typical uh, LinkedIn user? Look, they can be very valuable. They can also be a big time suck. So mm. kind of strategic. You can be in up to 100 groups. Uh, now, a lot of uh, strategies that I see are still promoted uh, around is, you know, to join all these groups that have all of your ideal clients and just basically spam content in there to get visibility. Uh, that's that's not going to put you in the tolerated. That's going to put you in the spam spammer uh, sort mm. of level category yeah that's not to say that if you're not if you're being active in some groups and you're really adding value to conversations that that they they can't be very valuable and and as you said to to start those groups and and moderate those groups can be one of the best ways to to really position yourself uh with you know high level of influence and control of course you know who's accessing that group and what the conversations are about uh 100 it's, it's it's definitely a good thing to do yeah, okay. But if somebody, let's say, just come out of, you know, maybe a big job, uh, was setting up their own business in a kind of consulting capacity, uh, therefore needed to sort of change their LinkedIn position from being perhaps something of an online resume into uh, much more of, um, you know, a, an influencer platform, something to build on. Would you say to that new person, newish person, would you say to them, go and get active in groups or would you say spend your time creating content for your ideal clients? Uh, I'd say the first thing would be obviously to um, rework your profile because it's probably out of date. You, yep. What you really want is so that when somebody comes on your profile and they read your summary and position description, they clearly know the value proposition about what you, you do or offer. Uh, and of course, that's what engages them to want to connect with you. Uh, but I would probably focus uh, mostly on content more so than uh, overall group activity. But mm. of course, it's just dependent on you know how much time you've got, because uh, uh, the perfect sort of world would be to do to do all three of those. Yeah. Okay. And look, my final question to you is. What's your opinion of the the sort of the structure that I see a number of people set up is the minute you connect with them, um, you get a, a, a note from them. They send you a message that's usually them trying to flog something to you. I and mean, what's, what's your view of those kind of automated responses? Uh, I'd say they put you in the spammer level. Uh, now, that's yeah. to say that, um, you know, if you, you should definitely – respond to people when when either they connect with you or you connect with them um you know at least thanking them for the connection but it shouldn't it shouldn't be in any way about a, a pitch of your you know what you do or uh, your business or anything like that it should just be a genuine warm you know, um, you know thanks for connecting um, i'm looking forward to uh you know following your uh, your feed or you know whatever whatever you want to hear. okay so a courtesy not a pitch Correct, a courtesy, yeah. Yeah, okay. Adam, thank you so much. I can see we're going to need to get you back again um, when, when next the big, you know, when the next big change comes. But uh, for now, thank you again so much for sharing your time with us. Now, where's the best place for anybody listening who's really got kind of LinkedIn on their list of things that they just haven't quite got around to yet? You've got a great uh, free course, I think, that people can access. Where do they go for that? 
uh, yeah, look, it, it is a it is a good course, and uh, there is no upsell. There's nothing. It's just purely something we put out to to help people start their journey on LinkedIn. And uh, if you just go to my personal website, which is adamhoolahan.com, uh, you'll see right on the homepage there the um, access to the the free course. And by all means, uh, download that and um, work your way through the. Uh, it's it's very much a, a download and do, uh, uh, but it's it's very simple to follow. Lovely. How many people have been through that course so far? Uh, it's over 13,000 around the world now, so it's uh, it's been popular. Very nice. Well, you'd recognize them if they all turned up on your doorstep, wouldn't you? That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, look, Adam, again, thank you so much. And look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99 head to the join page to learn more and uh, thank you adam see you next time thanks robert and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo and your host robert garish we'd love to receive feedback even a brief review for those listening via itunes if you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in check out our bestseller flying solo how to go it alone in business it includes everything we know about working on your own And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.